Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Blood clots in the body. Now, when blood clots are formed, it restricts the blood from transporting the nutrients to the body. It decreases uh, its protection. Uh, It reduces the proper pH regulation. So in essence, clotting prevents the blood from doing what it was designed to do in the body. As it is in the natural, so it is spiritually. When there's clotting in the body of Christ, we are hindered from getting the nutrients we need, the protection necessary that will regulate our behaviors and lifestyle. Now, the Bible has about 290 references to the love of God, which is pretty amazing. However, There are over 400 references to the blood and approximately 1,300 references to the atonement. Write this down. The things we cease to value will eventually lose its value. The things we cease to value will eventually lose its value. When we stop talking about the things that are located in this Bible simply because we want to make sure that the messages are more palatable, then that one thing loses its value. When we stop talking about the cross of Calvary, when we stop talking about the blood of Jesus, when we stop talking about repentance of dead works, when we stop talking about, you know what, just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you're exempt from bad things happening to you. For the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And as a son, he will discipline us or you will be considered illegitimate. That's another word that people use in the world. Y'all know what that word is, right? So we're not going to use that word. But since I'm not that word and I am a son, then when things hit my life, it's not hitting my life maybe because I'm doing something wrong. It might be hitting your life because you might be doing something right. Hello, somebody. But, But naturally, in our mind, sometimes we assume I must be doing something wrong. No. Maybe you're doing something right. Maybe God wants to perfect you so that he can move you to the next level. When God calls his people, he calls them from something to something. Let me say that one more time. When he calls you, he calls you from something to something. He said he pulled you out of darkness something and he translated you into his marvelous light into something. So he pulls you out of something so he can propel you into something. He didn't call you out just so you can sit. He called you out to send you, not for you to sit. You need to be sent out into the world. That's why you come in here to get the plan. You get the plan here, but the plan is executed in the world. Hello, somebody. We're not supposed to come in here and just conjugate in here and, whoa, we love on each other and we don't do anything out there. You're supposed to be empowered. You're supposed to have an impetus to want to go out and create change in somebody else's life. Am I talking to the right church? Blood clots in the body. When you clot up in your body, man, that that can be fatal to your your health in in the natural, but it's also fatal to the health of the church. Let me tell you something. The Bible says in Leviticus, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it says this. The life of the soul of, the, of all flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement, which the word atonement means to cover over, purge, or expiate, for your souls. Let, check out the last part of that verse. It says, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul. Let me say that one more time. 
It is the blood that makes atonement for your souls. There is absolutely no way that the children of Israel could have been delivered out of Egypt, which is a type of the world, without blood. You can never appropriate the atonement or having your sins covered or having your sins forgiven or having your sins uh, purged without blood. It's not going to happen without blood. That's why they had to make the sacrifices in Exodus chapter 12. And they had to smear the blood on the doorposts and the lintels of their homes. And then they had specific instructions. Moses said, when you put the blood on your doorpost and you go into the house, he said, stay in the house. See, when you're in the house, you need to stay in the house. When you're in the church, you need to stay in the church. When you're under the blood, you need to stay under the blood. He said, stay in the house. And before they went into the house, they were to cook the lamb and eat the lamb. Hello, somebody. And then he said, if, if the house was, was small and you had lamb left over, you were supposed to take the lamb and share the lamb with your neighbor. I'm so glad that somebody shared the lamb with me. See, you're not supposed to just get fat and happy in the church. You're supposed to take the lamb, eat the lamb, serve the lamb. Hello, somebody. So they ate the lamb. They were full of the lamb. They had the blood on the doorposts of the home. And then they had to go through the water. And then they were directed by the cloud. They were cool by day and warm by night. When you come out of the world, you're going to come out of the world just like they came out of Egypt. You're going to come out by the blood, through the water, under the cloud of the anointing, and full of the lamb. That's how you come out of the world. You got the blood, you got the baptism, you got the Holy Ghost, and you got the word. Because if you got the word without the Holy Ghost, you're going to fall into legalism. And if you got the Holy Ghost without the word, you're going to fall into occultism. You need both so that you can, come on somebody. Oh, I just, I just want the word. I want the word. But no, you got to get the Holy Ghost. And you can't have the Holy Ghost fully without the word. That's right. That's right. Am I talking to the right people? Hello, somebody. All right, I'm feeling good. So let me tell you something about this Bible. I can't do a little recapitulation today, but I'm going to tell you some of the scriptures that I've already gone over in the previous messages, and you have to go back and listen to the podcast. But in Exodus chapter 12, verse 23, it teaches us that we have protection and deliverance by his blood. Romans chapter 5, verses 7 to 9, you can take, put these in your notes. We're justified by his blood. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, we have redemption and forgiveness by his blood. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, we have reconciliation through his blood. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, we're purified by his blood. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, we're brought near by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody lift your hand and say, Lord, thank you for the blood of the Lamb. I talked about the sevenfold sprinkling that the Old Testament priests did. We talked about how important it was for them to get the blood. Sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. The mercy seat was in the Holy of Holies, and there was only one person that can go behind the veil of the Holy of Holies. Amen? I don't have time to go through the whole tabernacle again because I got another assignment, but I'm going to just kind of catch you up to date. So the priest couldn't go behind the veil. Only the high priest 
could go behind the veil, right? But he had to change his garments. He had to put on some purified garments uh, that, 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 that he couldn't have on the mitra. He couldn't have all the gold on. I'm still getting a ring up here on this, on this monitor. He couldn't go in with all of the gold and all of the symbolisms of who he was as a, as a priest. He had to put on linen. Something that was pure. But then he had to have the basin full of blood of the nation, but also the blood for his own family. Come on, somebody. And so he couldn't just go behind that veil because behind the veil was what? What was behind the veil? The mercy seat. The mercy seat was behind the veil. And there was the glory of God, the manifest presence of God. Amen. And what, what, what typically a lot of people say Shekinah, but it's actually in Hebrew, Shekinah. Good graces of life. The shock not glory was behind the veil. So the high priest, when he went behind the veil, they actually had a rope tied around his leg. Why? Because if that brother was not pure, he would fall down dead in the manifest presence of God. See, you can't play with holy. See, we got too much playing in the church. You can't be playing with God. God is not here to play. He's not your plaything. God is for real. He's a holy God. You ask Uzzah, he just tried to study the ark and he never made it. Uh, he was trying to help God out. Uh, God don't need our help. <laughs> Please, God. So anyway, and so the high priest went in there. He had a rope tied behind it, by his leg because if, he, if they didn't hear the bell, because he had a bell on, if they didn't hear that bell ring seven times, they knew he was dead and they was going to have to drag him out of there. He was the high priest. The high priest sprinkled the blood seven times on the mercy seat. But then I taught you the sevenfold offering of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is our high priest. He went in and applied his blood to the mercy seat. But Jesus spilled his blood in seven different areas. So the Old Testament priests, what they did with the sevenfold sprinkling was a foreshadow of Jesus Christ. So you got the sprinkling, you got the offering, but then you also have a sevenfold application. Because you got the Old Testament priests and what they did, we got Jesus Christ and what he did. Now you got to figure out what I need to do. Amen? So we're going to talk about how do we apply the blood? We talked about all this other stuff. I've given you probably every scripture that the Bible has on the blood of Jesus, and I think that's awesome. But if I don't teach you how to apply the blood to yourselves, if I don't teach you how to plead the blood, then actually this teaching, it wouldn't be relevant to you, right? It wouldn't be relevant to you. So I want to teach you that right now. But before I do that, I want to, mm, I want to, I want to, let's, let's, let's go into a courtroom. Let's go into a courtroom. So, Let's just say this is a courtroom, because you got to see this. Uh, the bench is up there, um, and there's a judge up here behind the bench. Let's just say the bench is the mercy seat. So the judge is here, and we know the judge is who? That's Almighty God. This is the courtroom. O over here, you, you, let's just say, is you. <laughs> it's you. You're standing over here because you're guilty. But you're not standing by yourself. You have your lawyer, your advocate, your counselor. His name is Jesus. So you're standing over here because he's your defense attorney. Glory to God. So you and he are standing here, but there's a prosecutor. Come on, somebody. There's a prosecutor on the other side of the room. His name is Satan, the deceiver. The accuser. Mm -hmm. 
Hello, somebody. So, so the judge, every time when the judge comes in, he asks this question, how do you plea? Good grace of the life. And so, so, so he will ask that question. But as he asks this question, you got the prosecutor over here flinging all of your accusations. But you don't understand. He did this. She did that. Oh, man, when they were younger, they did this. They said that they were going to pray. They never prayed. They said they were going to fast. They never fast. They said that they were going to forgive that person. They never forgave them. They're bitter. They're angry. They're disgusted. They worry all the time. And, man, just flinging stuff your way. Now, here's the deal. It's interesting because the stuff that he's flinging your way is true. <laughs> See, if you lie on me, I, I can handle that. But what if the stuff you're saying about me is true? That's the thing about he's accusing you of stuff you did. So you can't say I didn't do it. Yes, you did. And you can't tell your lawyer you didn't do it because the lawyer said, oh, yeah, you did. When the lawyer is Jesus. Hello. So he, he's just accusation after accusation. Oh, man, he's just bad. He's unworthy. He's guilty. He's full of sin. Been out there fornicating. Been out there doing all kinds of stuff. And he says he's a Christian. So at some point, you want to defend yourself, don't you? You start hearing all this stuff. And by the time you get ready to open your mouth, your lawyer grab your arm and just give it a little squeeze and say, hold your peace. I got this. I came to tell somebody, hold your peace. Jesus got this. Just let him keep on talking. He's still flinging. Everything is true. The judge never flinches. He's just watching. Then by the time he finishes, the judge says, what say you? <laughs> Jesus stands up, pulls up his sleeves, and he takes his blood-smeared hands and smears it all over you, all over your body. He says, Daddy, you see my hands? I bring my blood to the mercy seat and place my hands on the seat. So when the judge looks at the person that was guilty, all he can see <laughs> all he can see is the blood of his son. Takes the gavel. Not guilty. Completely acquitted. Wow! Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, just stop, 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 stop. Stop, stop it. Okay. It's not Pastor Tim that's over here, it's you. You know everything you did, and everything he said you did, you did it, and then some. Uh-huh, uh-huh, you know you did it. There is some stuff you probably did last night that you don't want some of us to know up in here. So now, before you get your little sanctified Holy Ghost self up in here and think somehow you all worthy, you weren't worthy. See, the blood covers everything we did. So let me make sure you understand when the judge says not guilty, that means that the blood purged you of every guilty stain. 
So let me try this again because maybe you didn't make this personal enough. So let me hit it again. The judge says, not guilty. Glory. I wish I had two or three people to stand up on your feet because you know what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Wow! Somebody shout out, plead the blood. Stop somebody high five and say not guilty. Come on, come on, tell them not guilty. Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. Praise God, not guilty. Not guilty, not guilty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me get me some high fives up in here. Not guilty. Hallelujah, not guilty, not guilty. I ain't lying, I'm not guilty. I'm not, I'm covered by the blood. The blood covers me. The blood covers you. The blood covers you. The blood covers you. I said the blood covers you. What can wash away all of our sins? Nothing but the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to get back to understanding that old time church and the blood of Jesus Christ and what it can do for our lives. We, we are too busy putting stuff on social media when we need to pick up this book. We got our face in the wrong book. Instead of Facebook, we need to have our face in this book. And we start pleading the blood of Jesus. Something is hitting your life, plead the blood on it. Something's hitting your family, plead the blood on it. Something is hitting your, 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 your health, plead the blood on it. You're looking for a promotion, I plead the blood on this promotion. You're looking for a bonus, I plead the blood on this bonus right now in Jesus' name. You're looking for resources, I plead the blood on my resources right now. Hello, somebody. He didn't spill all that blood just so that you can get saved and just come to church. He gave you his blood because there's life. Glory to God. I get excited. I'm sorry. I got to tone it down. I'm sorry. I get, whew, I get so, I get so excited about the blood of Jesus because I know what he did for me. And I know that the only thing that could wash my body of all of the alcohol and the drugs was the blood of Jesus. And when we start talking about the holiness of God and the fire of God, God is going to have himself a church and he's going to have himself a people. Now, you might be a part of it or you may not be a part of it, but I'm telling you, what is he coming back for? A church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she shall be Holy. Holiness means set apart. You can't go in the world looking like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world. you got too much mixture. You need to come out of the world and be translated into his marvelous light. Now, when you get into his marvelous light, you don't act the same. You don't talk the same. You don't walk the same. Sometimes you have to let some friends go. Sometimes you can't talk to some family members. Sometimes you might have to change churches. Woo! Glory to God. So when the fire of God comes upon you, you can't remain the same. Oh, that preacher need to calm down. Oh, no, you need to come on up. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. See, 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 when you start singing a song, there's power, power, wonder working power. by the blood of the lamb. See, you can't sing songs like that and you acting like a Christian wimp. Oh, no, no, no. The devil 
wants to kill you. He's an accuser. The Bible says in Revelation, night and day. That means he never rests. So why are you? Okay, I know, I know y'all don't like that. All right. Okay, no problem, no problem, no problem. It's okay. Okay, 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 okay. So let's, let me teach you how to apply the blood real quickly. Okay, you ready? Now, I'm going to have to give you the scriptures on this. So are you ready to write? Okay, so... This is the sevenfold application. This is how you apply the blood. The first way, what the blood has for you, number one, is redemption. Redemption. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says this. In him we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The word redemption means being brought back. Oh, my God. Let me, let me see if I can help you here. Being brought back. Now, see, one of the things about paradise, notice the words of Jesus Christ. When the thief said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom, because you can't be a king without a kingdom. He tried to explain it to Pilate, but Pilate wouldn't listen. He said, are you a king then? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. So Pilate said, are you a king then? He just said, my kingdom is not of this world, Pilate. Hello. See, see, because the world is looking for answers, but not the truth. See, Jesus is the truth. <laughs> okay. All right. So, 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 so listen. So, 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 where was, where was I? Where was I? Redemption. Okay. I was just trying to see if y'all were listening. So I was saying, sometimes in church, you'd be like, boy, that pastor preaching. What did he preach on? Oh, uh, he was, he was, he was really fired up. <laughs> redemption. So, Redemption being brought back. So the thief said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. This is what Jesus says. He says, today you shall be with me in paradise. Well, where's paradise? He's going to take him back to the garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, 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 let me tell you something. It's, it's a mentality called the pre-fall mentality. What was man like made in the homageal day of God, the image of God, without sin in his life? What could that man do? Well, he named all of the animals and he wasn't tired. I'm talking about pre-fall, before the forbidden fruit, before, I, I think it was a fig, I don't think it was an apple because they covered up in fig leaves, but anyway, so, so anyway, before the fall, what could that man do? What could a man do that's made in the image of God without sin in his life? No limits, wow. So that's why the word redemption means I'm taking you back to before the fall. So that you can understand how powerful you are. See, see, saints of God, Jesus shed his blood, his blood so that we can go back to paradise. Now he has an expectation that we can do just like the first man. We can do things beyond our own comprehension. That's what he's expecting. He shed his blood so that we can be armed and dangerous. He gave us armor. You don't need armor if you're not fighting. Mm. Ephesians 6. Go read Ephesians 6. He gives us armor so that we can fight. But listen, the only place you don't have any protection is your back. Why? Because as a Marine, we are taught never to turn your back on the enemy. So saints of God, don't ever turn your back to the enemy. There's no protection for your back. You are always to face your enemy. And God gave you the sword. 
He gave you his word. Have you ever wondered why every time you try to read the word, your body wants to go to sleep? This right here is the best sleeping pill in the world. Every time I want to read the Bible, my neck somehow breaks. <laughs> I, I, I sleep good. Right? Have you ever noticed you're trying to read the word in the bed and you've read two verses and then you wonder, what, what two verses did I just? And your Bible's kind of moist. <laughs> you were sweating, it was hot, right? <laughs> you know, you just. <laughs> Amen. And so, <laughs> so redemption is. It's taking you back to paradise because that's where we should be in the first place, right? So let me, let me give you some more word here, and then we're going to move on. Psalms 107 and 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you redeem, say so. Mm-hmm. If you redeem, say so. so. Listen, if you don't say so, then that means you don't have a testimony. They overcame him, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb and the saying so. What are you saying so? I'm telling you so you will know what, he done for, what he's done for me. So listen, so you say, well, listen, well, I don't believe in God. I don't believe God is a healer. That, that's fine if you don't believe it. But let me tell you something. That's true because I'm going to say so. Why? Because it's true in my life that he did deliver me and he healed me. I didn't have a 12-step program. I had one step, Jesus. I stepped right into Christ, and Christ just cleaned me up. It was one step. I didn't have 12, 13, 14, 15. I didn't have a relapse. I jumped right into Jesus, and Jesus jumped right into me. Hallelujah. That's called Damascus. Hello. So when you get knocked off of your high horse because I was so full of pride, that's why I couldn't get saved in the first place. But then when he delivered me from the pride, he was able to come into my heart in a real way. Am I talking to somebody else in here like that, too, that God had to knock you off of your high horse because you thought you knew everything, too? Uh, let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Somebody says, say so. say so. Listen, that's why you overcome by your testimony, saints of God. It doesn't matter how many skeptics that you come across. No skeptic can take your testimony away. Listen, you don't even have to know Bible. You just know God. Listen, I might not know the scriptures to take you to, but I can tell you what he did for me in my life. Let me tell you what he did for my mother. My mother. Let me tell you what he did for my sister. Let me tell you what he did for my son. Let me tell you what he did for my daughter. Let me tell you what he did for my coworker who had cancer, but we prayed for her, and now she's cancer-free. Well, that's just, you know, that's just something that happened. So let me give you another something that happened. I, somebody prayed for me, and I'm delivered from cancer. I, I'm cancer-free. My body is completely cancer-free. Is that just by happenstance? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the same God you say is not real, you spend your time trying to prove to other people that he's not real. But if he's not real, why do you spend your time trying to prove that he's not real? Because if he's not real, he can't do anything. He has no power if he's not real. See, the thing about skeptics and the thing about agnostics and the thing about uh, atheists is they know he's real. You got to get them point to their knowing because they know he's real. Otherwise, they wouldn't be trying to disprove that he is. What? What? Why does it matter that, that there's a cross somewhere? Because there's power in the blood. Otherwise, it should not matter. I don't care about any symbol from the world. I don't care about 666. I don't care about Illuminati. I don't care about any. Uh, you just name the symbol. 
I don't care. I don't care if you have a symbol like Prince. I don't care what your symbol looks like. All I have to do is place the cross. Y'all okay? I, I know, I know. I, I, I heard that Prince demon up in here, man. I heard it. Y'all ain't talking bad about the man. Y'all give me a break. So if you take the cross and place it on any symbol, the cross is the only one that's going to have power. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about a cross with Jesus on it. That's the wrong cross. He ain't on no cross. <laughs> See, if Jesus was still on the cross, we would be in trouble. So that's the wrong cross. So if you know people that got Jesus on the cross, just let them know, boo, baby, baby girl, homeboy. <laughs> you know, Jesus is not on the cross, right? So what would be better if you have a cross with your picture on it? Because that's what it's supposed to look like. Because you're supposed to be on that cross now. Hello, somebody. Am I talking to the right church? So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So y'all ready to make a confession? Okay, let's make a confession. We got to plead this redemptive power over our lives. Here we go. Say this with me. Through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed out of the hands of the devil. See, that's redemption. The blood of Jesus redeems you. Let's go to number two. It cleanses you. It cleanses you. And I got to go to 1 John chapter 1. And I'm giving you all of these scriptures because you need to know where they are in the Bible. 1 John chapter 1. Let's go to 1 John, and I'm going to read this. I got to read this out loud to you because it's some powerful stuff. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Let's see here. Chapter 1, verse 7 said, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, if. Somebody say if. Now, if is a conditional word. If means you got to make a choice. It's a small word, but has major implications. If means something can go either way after this. But it also means you have to make a choice. Hello, y'all know that, right? We, we have to make some choices about life. Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I, I put away childish things. So maybe you've been praying for God to put away some stuff. And you keep saying, well, God, why haven't you taken this away from me? Because God will never take away what you should be putting away. There are some things, saints of God, you need to just stop doing. You don't need the Holy Ghost to stop cussing. You don't need to, oh, I need, I need more of the Spirit of God. I just want to translate my voice over to the Lord. You're not going to get anything. You're going to just come right out of that little old fake prayer and cuss out the next person you see. <laughs> Why would the Holy Ghost spend time doing something that you should be doing? He's too powerful for that. See, we appropriate the Holy Ghost for wrong things. When you really need him, then he has no power. This is why you don't use the name of Jesus in vain. Why? Because when I need to use that name, I need to use it with some power behind it. But if you spend all week talking about, oh, Jesus, oh, God, Lord, have mercy. Listen, but then when you really need to use the name, there's no power to it because you've been using his name in vain all week. 
So I don't play. Even when people are around me and they try to use this name, I go, no, you can't use that name. Oh, see, see, there you go. See how, how religious y'all just got? You, I, felt, I felt that little religious demon. So let me just stay right there, right there. Let me stay right there. See, see, this, see you can't say you're full of the Holy Ghost and then you're weak. That's the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Somebody say power. So if you are armed up with all of this power, why are you afraid to speak about it? No, no, you can't have that name. No, are you saved? No, you can't use that name. That, that's, that's my Savior. You can't use that name. And they'll look at you like, what, what the world? I ain't never heard nobody. Oh, that's right. You're going to hear more and more people tell you that name is not yours. That name is for the Christian. Now, if you want to get saved, I'll introduce you to this name. Can we get that powerful? Can we be that bold? They're that bold. They're bold enough to tell you about all the dumb stuff that they believe that has absolutely nothing to it. No power whatsoever. But they've thrown it in your face and expect you to be tolerant to it. Oh, wait a minute. The same tolerance people that say I should be tolerant, they're intolerant of what I believe? Wait a minute. It's, that's supposed to go both ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, right, saints of God? Yeah, I do love you, but I'm not going to tolerate your mess. Oh, see, see, see? I told you when I start preaching like this, it gets quiet in the church. Shh, it gets, can, can I keep on? All right. I ain't going to get all of this today. We're going to get some of it, but my, not all of it. Listen, Psalms 51 and 7 says this, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Who made this statement? That was David. You know when David repented like this? was right after he had sinned with Bathsheba. You, you know? See, David, David had a lot of problems, but could nobody beat David at repenting? I ain't lying. I read some of David's stuff. I'm like, man, that brother would just fall out. Give me a clean heart, oh God. Oh, it magnified me a right spirit. I'm like, that David know how to repent. <laughs> that brother, he had a lot of sin in his life. He wasn't a perfect man. See, this is why I like the Bible. I like the Bible because it doesn't just talk about the good stuff that they did. It also talked about their shortcomings. David wasn't a perfect man, but he was perfectly after the heart of God. Wow. See, you don't have to be a perfect person, but you got to follow God perfectly. Amen. And so he was after God, even though he had a lot of sin in his life. God is not looking for perfect people. If he was, he couldn't get us. There was only one perfect sacrifice. That was Jesus. Right. And so he's just looking for obedience, not perfection. He just wants you to step out and say, OK, God, I know I know I don't have the money, but I know what I heard in my spirit. So God. I'm going to be like Peter, and I'm going to step off of this boat, and I'm going to leave the deadbeats who didn't believe in me in the first place. So I'm going to step out, and I'm going to walk on water, because in the Bible, I've only known two men that ever walked on water. Jesus was one. Peter was the other. Peter did walk on water. You do know that, right? But if Peter had to stay focused on Jesus, but even though he... He fell, he knew who to call. He didn't call one person in the boat. Why you keep calling folks that don't have your best interest in the first place? Call on Jesus. He'll help you in your time of need. Y'all ready to appropriate this cleansing? All right, this is just number two, so I'm going to have to wrap up on number two. What? <laughs> I mean, we'll get the rest next Sunday. 
All right, y'all, y'all good? Y'all don't want number three, do you? Oh, okay, we got to appropriate number two first. Okay, you ready? You ready for a confession? While I walk in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me now and continually from all sin. That's cleansing, man. That's the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. Let me give you the last one. Let me give you the last one. This is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 9, and we're going to stop right here. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Is this making sense to anybody? See, this is the way the Lord told me to start preaching so that we can start turning in the Bible because we got too much screen and not enough word. And see, people get comfortable on the screen and don't even bring the Bible to church anymore. And then when you want to find a scripture, you have no idea that Habakkuk is in the Bible. They ain't even in the Bible. They ain't no Bible. They ain't, you know, I, I'm going to look in here because I, I, I think I found a job in there somewhere. <laughs> Romans 5 and 9. Now, like I was the only one. When I came into the church, I came off of the street. I didn't know that that was Job. I thought it was Job. Now, hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I know I can't be the only one. How many of you looked at it? When you first came to the, to the Bible, you, you didn't know anything. And you, don't that look like Job to you? You spelled the same way. I didn't know it was Job. I was like, that's Job? See, see, y'all still love me now, see? I'm telling you, I just, I just thought, man, look, my mama said I can pray to God for a job. <laughs> and then when I read job, I was like, I don't want nothing job did. <laughs> I mean, job was sick. He was broke. His wife complained about him. His cheering died. He lost everything. I don't want that job. Romans 5 and 9, and we're going to end with this. Amen? Romans 5 and 9. Praise God. I'm glad we can laugh in church. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Come on, somebody. We're justified by the, by the blood. So the next appropriation of the blood of Jesus is justification. So I like to explain the word justification like this. It's just if it never took place. Wow, isn't that good? Okay, so, so when you come to Jesus and you repent, you can't get saved without repentance. Y'all know that, right? I keep telling y'all about all these churches talking about you can get saved without repentance, and, it's, it, and they're raising up all of these false churches. So, no, 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 you, you can't get saved until you repent. Amen. Confess with your mouth means you repent something, right? Because if you're not repenting anything, you, you're not getting saved. And sometimes you can get the wrong spirit. Okay, all right, all right, that's, that's doctrine. I'm just trying to make sure y'all understand that you got to confess some things. you got to repent of this stuff. Uh, the, in, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it talks about the elementary doctrines that we need to understand, and the first one is repentance of dead works. That's the first doctrine, that you need to repent of something, right? So when you repent of something, you appropriate the blood of Jesus, and it's just as if it didn't happen. This is why when you keep bringing stuff up to God, it's like it never happened. 
just as if it never happened. That's why in the book of Psalms it says that your sins are thrown in the sea of... Why? Because he doesn't remember it because he forgot it. Why? Because when the blood covered you, it was gone. But when you bring it up, here it comes again. So every time you bring it up, he has to forgive you again. Why? Because you hear the accuser. Over here. But you forget that he smeared his blood over you. And we got to remember that the judge already declared not guilty. In other words, you are acquitted. There's no retrial. There's no hung jury. (laughs) Because the judge is the judge and the executioner. Because he could have very well said, you condemned to hell. Oh, that would, ooh, that just makes me, mm. that's scary, isn't it, right? See, this is why the blood is so important, saints of God. Heaven, hell. That's the difference. Blood, heaven. No blood, hell. I think, I think every person in here, no matter what your age is, you understand that. If I have blood appropriated on my life, I go to heaven. If I do not have any blood, I go to hell. And people might say, well, I don't believe that hell is a literal place. Okay, so, so okay. If you are right, l- listen to me close. If that theology or that mindset or that understanding is correct, then if we die, we just cease to exist, I won't miss anything. But if I'm right, eternity is a long time to be in a place that you didn't believe in. So I would rather follow God, and then if I die and everything ceases to exist, I won't know anyway. But if I'm right, I get to go to a place called heaven. Well, a matter of fact, a place called heaven will come down to us. Y'all know that this is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. <laughs> Praise God. And so, so I get to spend an eternity with the one who died for me. So I get to see his nails. Come on, somebody. Don't you want to see that for yourself? I want to see Jesus. I mean, I mean, I think I know what he looks like, but I think, but I don't really know. I think I want to see him. Let me get real for a second. That's just like when you, when you, when you go to a funeral, black funerals. I don't know where this is coming from, so y'all bear with me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go to a black funeral, they're at the graveyard site. And they just, they just showing out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They just showing out. My God, mama, I just miss you so much. And if you push her by that grave, she'll cuss you out. You push me again, I'll knock her. And come right out of the spirit. Justification. Y'all ready to appropriate it? All right. Repeat after me, and this is it, and we'll do the last ones next Sunday. Justification. Through the blood of Jesus... I am justified, justified, acquitted, acquitted, not guilty, guilty, reckoned righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. 
That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.